In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another episode of A Visit from the FBI. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. Fabe, what you doing? How you doing, man? What's going on? Uh, well, better now. I mean, you know the conversation that preceded <laughs> this. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Maybe people ought to like send us a message to find out what conversation preceded this. Yeah, I don't think they really want to know. Well, you know. But if there's one thing I've learned about people is telling them that you don't want to know is going to make them want to know. <laughs> but you don't really want to know. I think it's a bunch of crap if they don't want to know. That's what yeah, I think. it is. It is literally a bunch of crap. <laughs> Anyways, um, if you are new to the podcast, this is a really weird one for you to get started on. So, um, <laughs> but uh, I'll give you a little rundown. Uh, the visit from the FBI ones are all about fantasy booking for the Fantasy Booking Institute. Um we challenge each other to uh, book some fantasy scenarios. Sometimes they're ones we want to see. Sometimes they're ones we don't want to see. Uh, and very often they're ones that we will never, ever, ever actually. But the, the real fun comes from the fact that we don't tell each other what we're going to challenge them beforehand. Uh, so every answer is entirely made up on the spot. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad but it is always authentic so we make it sound as though we know what we're going to talk about beforehand on the wbu and quite frankly we don't know that either no no we each know what we're gonna say more or less but we don't know what the other people are gonna say on either of them but this one this one's even a little bit more because it's a challenge out to someone um so we're gonna kind of get straight to it here um i went first last week so da fabe what you got for me i am gonna go this is just like a screwy out of nowhere thought that i had um the other day and i actually remembered it and that's crazy um but I'm going to go a little bit out of the box, and I want you to book the logistical nightmare that would be a Woodstock-esque pay-per-view for wrestling. Okay, so Woodstock X, you meaning like a giant festival pay-per-view? Giant festival uh, pay-per-view with outdoors and in in really a, a very, very rural area. Um, and, and yeah, maintaining security and all that stuff. Yeah, wow. Well. That's going to be a night, uh, like you say, you a night. You don't have to do the whole thing, but, you know, where would um, you do it? What what city, state, country? What? Well, uh, I mean, you you definitely have to choose someplace that's uh, relatively warm weather, but not super hot. Uh, like, you know, you're not going to do it in uh, uh, Texas in the middle of summer, you know? Uh, but at the same point, you also don't want it to not get warm. so you're you know i mean like buffalo new york in january would not be a place to do it either so you're probably looking for 
you know, either that uh, early to mid spring or uh, mid fall sort of time period or early fall time period um, and going someplace kind of temperate uh, that, you know, would ha- would be able to have, you know, all of that outdoor stuff happening because a festival like that, you know, like Woodstock was multiple days. I don't even know exactly how many days it was, um, but it was a lot. And so um, you'd want to you'd want to have it in some place that's relatively warm and uh, relatively uh, expansive, you know, because a big old festival like that, you got to have a lot of space for it. You got to have a lot of um, <clears throat> room for the people to set up their tents and all of that stuff. Um, so where that's where I'm, you know, trying I'm really trying to think where where I would say I'm thinking sometime in uh, some place in the east. And maybe in that, well, you, yeah, because you kind of want the population center too. Yeah, you've got or that. Streets, you know. I mean, you could do the the worst areas of Arizona or New Mexico, but how are you going to well, get enough people to travel for it? And say, same thing with like, there's lots of wide open space in Montana, but <laughs> uh, but a getting people out there, and b uh, well, like I was mentioning about weather. Montana gets nice during the summer, but I don't know if you'd want to have, you know, 30,000 wrestling fans in tents. You know what I mean? Yeah, I exactly know what you mean. That's why I came up with this concept. So I'm just trying to think, you know, where where's going to be the right balance in my book? Um, You have a book for this? That's awesome. I've got lots of books for lots of things. And so, you know, I'm kind of thinking, trying to decide between like uh, North Carolina or Tennessee area, or do I want to go a little bit farther north? I don't think I want to go as far south as as Georgia. That could get <clears throat> a little bit too hot. A yeah, hot and muggy. So um, I just, I'm not as familiar with like the layouts of East Coast area. You know what I mean? Like land and all that. I've never really been to most. Well, of yeah, that. I mean, obviously you're not going to be able to say like uh, uh, Jeffreysville, North Carolina, or I don't even know if that's an actual place, but you know, your metro area, would it be, would it be, you know, north towards towards Charlotte and um, almost pushing to Virginia or would it be pushing south towards you know yeah that's kind of well I'm like you know just the the land you know I mean I don't know how hilly it is in certain areas and that's where I'm kind of like um, and so I uh see I was thinking somewhere like central Pennsylvania really well possibly I just feel like that might be a little bit too far north in my book so um, you know, I think uh, kind of cut in the middle there. We'll go like around uh, Charleston, West Virginia. Okay. I think I don't know. That might be really mountainous, and I don't know. So <laughs> I'm just gonna. But like in terms of latitude and and everything, that's about where I'd want to go. It's within driving distance of places like. Uh, Washington, D.C. and Charlotte and, you know, uh, I mean, it really isn't even that long of a drive from, you know, like Indianapolis, Indiana, you know, places like that. And a a fairly easy trip from pretty much any place on the East Coast. So I think maybe someplace around there. Um, uh, As for, 
I mean, the thing is, you know, it would have to be like a major event for it to be really successful. You know what I mean? And I, I completely agree. I almost feel like it would have to be a major crossover, um, like maybe even, uh, for lack of a better term, World Cup of, Ooh, of professional wrestling, um, where, you know, and like most festivals, and I'm not 100% sure because, you know, even though I'm old, uh, Woodstock was a little bit before my time. Um, well, I would have said the the rural concert series that happened in Nebraska that you are familiar with, but then you'd have been like, well, that's garbage. So, it was, yeah. Um, you could have said Coachella. Ooh, I could have. Or Red Rocks. Red Rocks might actually be a pretty cool place to do it. Yeah, Red Rocks might not be too bad. Yeah. I'll stick with the East Coast, though. Um, okay. So I think a... Uh, two brands I don't think is even big enough so I think it would have to be a three or four brand crossover um and and you know like like I was saying a lot of the festivals uh that you know I'm aware of they usually have a main stage and then multiple side stages you know sure sure so bigger ones like that yeah so you would set it up where there's main stage where you'd have major matches and then a couple side stages where you'd have you know, I don't want to say minor matches, but lesser uh, profile matches. Um, so I think four brands would allow you to have basically matches going on on one stage or the other all the time. So, uh, of course, we'd have uh, WWE and AEW there. Um, uh, but I think, you know, Ring of Honor and Impact can be there to at least, let's say, fill up the roster, you know, Um uh, the tough thing with crossovers is in, in any realm other than fantasy booking, um, uh, you run into the logistical nightmare of who's going to allow their top star to lose to the top star from another company, right? Yeah. But in fantasy booking, we could do that. Um, and so, you know, I, I figure you know, the, the main event of the whole thing would be a... Uh, God, they'd have to have to come up with a uh, a good name for it, like a unified world championship. You know what I mean? A belt that uh, was truly considered the belt of all four promotions. Um, you couldn't call it universal because oh, WWE already has that for I don't know. Not like I've never seen them wrestle an alien, so I call BS yeah. on that. I, I mean, there was that one time, but I think that was more of a gimmick. Hey, I, I'm just saying. Chris Statlander says she's an alien, and uh, as far as I know, she's never been beat for the Universal Championship. So, you know, there you have it. Challenger right there. Uh, but so, <laughs> so you could have, you know, of course, a a unified world champion for men's and a unified women's world champion, uh, and then of course you'd have a uh, cruiserweight, or maybe you'd call it light heavyweight, or or middleweight or something like that to set it apart um and a unified tag um none of the promotions really have aside from wwe have women's tags right now so that would be a little bit tough you probably would as much as i'd like to see it i just don't think there's enough like established teams to really do that well i think that's the value of indies though isn't it yeah well, and that's the deal. Is maybe you can do do it as a I hate to say five 
promotion, but uh, you've got the four main promotions, WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, and Impact, and then you have a wildcard promotion where independent wrestlers can sign up to to wrestle under the wildcard to try to bring, you know, I, well, their way. I, I mean, you could throw, like, Shimmer in there. That would give yep. you a witness tag. Possibly there, so... Um, I mean, but you know, it it has to be a, one, but... it'd have to be at least I think a three day event for it to be truly worth anything. You know, uh, anything shorter than that, I don't think I don't think people are gonna be like, well, let's camp out. You know, uh, so maybe even wanting to do it four or five days total. Uh, I think uh, Chris Jericho probably has a good idea of mixing rock and roll with wrestling pretty well. So I think you could also have a couple stages set up for for non-wrestling musical acts um or just musical acts that occur in say the wrestling ring but yeah well and that's why you know i i say set aside but i mean like if there are five stages a main stage and four side stages you don't have to have wrestling on all four stages at every time you could have wrestling on the main stage and one or two of the side stages and then have bands on the other ones at the time or or even yeah, I mean, you don't have to have all five stages at once, I would guess, sir. But, um, but you know, have, having bands show up there. Uh, so, so if it was uh, a period where the wrestling didn't necessarily appeal to you, you could find a band to watch. Uh, it also would open up a lot of fun crossover for you know bands to come and perform ring entrances for different wrestlers, um, even if they're not like the typical. Uh, uh, performer of that ring uh, entrance, you know, uh, having Corn sing Cult of Personality for uh, CM Punk coming down to the ring or whatever like that still would be interesting enough. People would get a kick out of it. Not that I think CM Punk is going to wrestle in it, because uh, as as far as my uh, theory on CM Punk is, I don't think he wants to wrestle. I think he just wants to make some money and he sees uh, wrestling is a way to make money right now. Uh, being in in conjunction with wrestling without actually putting his body on the line anymore. So, um, Interesting. But that's kind of my theory on him. But um, in terms of the, the festival, I think that's more or less how I would probably set it up there. Um, of course, you would charge like, you know, $14 for a bottle of water because that's how festivals make absolute boatloads of money. Um, Agreed. And- and you know, uh, rent renting out plots for people to set up tents on it, um, you know, make a boat, boatload of money off of that, and and then of course, uh, uh, the tough thing like so WWE would you have just to- tell me that this event would be intense. Yeah, intense. Well, the event wouldn't be intense. Uh, be on rings. It'd be on rings, but there would be a lot of intense activities uh, uh, <laughs> surrounding the event. Anyway, I feel like this is a challenge to Chris Jericho more than anything. Hey, you did it on a cruise. Now make it a festival. Yes, Chris Jericho, I challenging challenge you to the wrestling rager on land. Three day festival. Yep. Do it, Chris Jericho. Somewhere near Charleston, West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, just so, you, just so smarts can be right. Wanted to put it somewhere near Nebraska. I know there's a DA and a detective that would. You know, be like, hey, I'd totally go to that. We'd but, even we'd even promo it free of charge for you. Oh, heck yeah. 
It, it would be the unofficial official sponsor of our show for a long time, should that happen. So, you know, come on, Chris Jericho, hit us up. We got great ideas. We're Jerichoholics. We are. We we go way back with our love as Jericho. Way back, baby. <laughs> I, uh, I really, I just wanted to know where you would go with an event like that. Like, I, I truly thought to myself, you know, you have to do this as multiple, multiple promotions, um, which I don't think means that you can get WWE. I think, I think, I think they, uh, I think they bow out. I think they're just like, oh no, that's not something we would want to do. In reality, you're probably right. I was doing the, uh. Uh, fantasy booking scenario of saying, I'm going to make him do it because it's my fantasy. But I think you're right. Well, I think as soon as AEW is involved, they would just back out. Anyways. I don't know. It would be fun. It would be cool. Um, It's never... Well, I wouldn't say never going to happen. It's not going to happen on a scale that would be WWE-esque. You know, I think maybe... You could get AEW to do it with some indie promos. Um, I think if you picked up some indies from other countries, that would help. Yeah, well, and I think AEW has been doing a lot recently to try to create some inroads with other companies um, as to to some like sort of crossovers. So you could do AEW and AAA because they've got a very good working relationship. AAA doesn't wrestle up here most of the time because it's a Mexican promotion. So having them come up here and be, you know, like I say, if we called it World Cup of of professional wrestling, they could be re- representing the uh, uh, Hispanic markets, uh, uh, Mexico, you know, all of those areas. Um, and then, you know, getting, I mean, uh, there's been a, a, a large culling of uh, uh, British promotions ever since WWE UK kind of started but there's still quite a few British promotions going so you could maybe get a contingent from Britain uh, to come over and do that Um, things like that I'm sure there are some like smaller uh, Japanese promotions that would probably be a little bit willing I don't know I mean there have been talks that New Japan is kind of uh, weakening on their resistance to partnering with AEW so maybe um, you know, and you mentioning Chris Jericho, that's the way to go. Chris Jericho's got all the inroads with AEW now. Set it up as uh, just a uh, on-land version of the wrestling rager at sea. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think he's the right guy to, to spearhead something like that. Plus, he's got enough inroads in rock to, to get concert aspects of it. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's how I'd do it. I would have to agree with you. I, I like the idea of of an East Coast semi-rural location. You know, that's what Wood, Woodstock was. It was, you know, Eastern or uh, Upstate New York. Mm-hmm. They were. It's not like they were in in uh, you know Las Vegas or anything. Yeah, that's so. kind of my thought. Like, like don't get me wrong. I mentioned near Nebraska or Kansas. There's a lot of flat area for them to come near Nebraska and Kansas. Um, that that would be. I mean you know, great setup for it. But climate, I think, is probably the biggest uh, problem with Nebraska for an outdoor multi-day festival. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we have, we don't know when the two weeks a year are going to be comfortable outside. Yeah, well, that's the deal is we've got uh, 
We've got winter, uh, fall, spring, second winter, second fall, spring, uh, third winter, then spring for, like you say, about two weeks, and then uh, hell hot summer, um, and then false fall, and then more summer. And it kind of goes like that. From I was always telling people, every time I met people from other countries and, and states and everything, you know, Nebraska kind of gets the worst of all the weather in the United States. Like, it gets every bit as cold here as a lot of the northern states in America. And it gets every bit as hot and humid as a lot of the southern states in America. Like, I lived in New Orleans for almost a year, and people thought I was going to die down there because of the humidity. And I was like, that, uh, this is about the same as we got in Nebraska. It just Nebraska didn't smell like swamp. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it's so, funny because it's true. <laughs> so, so, um, so you've got that, you know, it's just, it'd be, it's so hard. And that's kind of what you mentioned the festival that used to happen in Nebraska. Um, that's part of what caused so many problems with it is it was almost impossible for them to predict when the good weather was going to be. Because even during the months when we have fairly good weather, oh, then we've got tornadoes. Um, yeah. Kind of well, come out of nowhere. And, and it was that particular one was always scheduled for ungodly hot season. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the only but, season that they can be pretty certain there's not going to be a tornado drop on the top of their festival yeah, a tornado or a blizzard yeah i will say that we like to pretend in in our state and this is obviously this is a nationwide podcast or we've got listeners in in maine all the way down to uh or, or over to oregon and down to i think we have a couple listeners or quite a few listeners in arizona if i remember right um we got some overseas listeners we do like to pretend that we're the only state that goes through this and it's really anybody in the great plains and the mm-hmm. eastern uh, Midwest, so or the Western Midwest, sorry. So um, Mississippi River Valley, uh, north of the Mason-Dixon line to the Rocky Mountains, pretty much all those states kind of have to be thrown out. Um, yeah. You could maybe pull something off in Minnesota, but then lakes get in the way. Um, you could, I, I Illinois wouldn't be bad, but you're so far away from the, the the gigantic population base that if you move 450 or 500 miles east, you're gonna gain. And so I was thinking like Kentucky, uh, northern Kentucky, or uh, that Pennsylvania area that I mentioned earlier just yeah. seemed to work best because you could draw from pretty much Nashville to New York in those areas. But yeah, so just thoughts. So yeah, so I think that's my thoughts, but I think we will now move on to case number two, um, and uh, that's my turn. So, um, DA Fabe, uh, TLC is less than two weeks away. That kind of blows my mind, but uh, I saw it this week and I was like, really? Um, so in honor of it, set up. It's so weird. Yeah, uh, I mean, except for Lashley versus Rusev. Your <laughs> <sighs> excitement. This is the, you do remember that this is not WBU, so our focus is not just trashing on the garbage yes. product that occasionally occurs. So in honor of TLC, uh, I need you to book your dream matches 
uh, for a uh, TLC, and I only really want three. Because uh, okay. like you and I have talked before, chairs matches are just a dumb concept just in general, because, yeah, you, know, you get to use, use a chair. <laughs> um, I've said that before. Which, yeah, but, I mean, it in the in the concept of a TLC match, that specific match. Yeah, that's the deal. But, and so, so I need you to book a tables match, which of course is the rule is the winner is the first person to put their opponents through a table. A ladder match because the ladder is inherent to the winning of the match. Climb the ladder, get whatever's hanging above it, and win. And then a full TLC match. Now, like I said, these are your dream matches. So any time period or promotion uh, is open for business on them. Dream matches. This is going to sound really cliche, and but it's going to be true. I really think the. I truly want to say this without without uh, putting my foot in my mouth, because um, you're going to mention a match that makes me go, oh, I forgot about that one. But I think I'm going to go ahead and say the best tables or the best ladder match has already occurred. Um, I mean, if I'm going to make it a dream match, can I change the ages of the of the people on the matches, like so yeah. that they're around the same age? Okay. Yeah, sure. So, this is your dream match. We can involve a DeLorean in this. <laughs> um, in terms of the, the dream ladder match. Um, I I was gonna say the best ones that already occurred, and that was uh, that was oh my heavens I can't even think about it. Uh, I'm trying not to talk so that I don't cut over the editing tools that we have. <laughs> believe it or not, um, oh it was the first one. HBK uh, and and uh, Razor Ramon. I think that's probably the best one of all time. Um, if I was going to change that match, which is what you're you're suggesting that I do be able to do, um, I would put Ric Flair in his prime in it against HBK. Um, I think that would just be... Can you imagine if, if Rick's retirement match was HBK and him in a ladder match only? We got Rick circa 1985 to 1989 in it. You know, that would just be so awesome to watch um you get a little bit of high flyer you get a little big spot you get all of that in there and i think as a ladder match that would just be epic to watch um in terms of a tables match tables matches seem to do best with tag teams but um if i'm going to give you the best that i think i've seen um didn't sasha and and becky do one once I think so. I don't remember. I, swear, I remember a spot where Becky put Sasha through a table, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, it might have just been a spot. You know? mm. um, man, if I, I like big dudes in table matches because then you get the the attempt at a power bomb or the, ch- the attempt at a choke slam or the attempt at this or the attempt at that. So well, I'm going to go with Andre. In fairness, it's one of the problems when they put women in tables matches is so oh, often... Right. It- yeah, they don't break the tables. They bounce off, which probably hurts way more than actually going through the table. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So I'm going to put Andre. These were. This was a match that didn't exist in the time that would have been perfect for it. But I'm going to put Andre Big John Stud in that. So we finally get a real quality. I'm the real giant. Andre Big John Stud. John Studd. And if you don't know that rivalry, um, folks, go look that up. 
that is a that is a historical rivalry. That's one that you need to be able to tell the kids and grandkids about, man. Um, God, I sound like an 80-year-old man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Andre Big John Stud on that one. Um, and the final finale is the, the TLC match, right? Mm-hmm. For some type of title. Sure. <laughs> you don't really care if it's for a title oh, or not? No. This is your dream. You do what you do. You do you, boo-boo. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm a little creeped out by the you do you boo boo thing. I feel like I feel like that's the equivalent of saying sit ubu sit good dog. Well, you're talking about dating yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, TLC match. This has to have multiple participants. These are those are garbage if there's not several participants. Um, Number one, I want to do a sequential TLC match. So I want the C part to actually matter in this one. And the C is what's hanging over the ring. Okay. So that's what you get up the ladder to get. You get chairs. And the first person to successfully use a chair on his opponent and pin them um, after the use of a chair is going to win. And I'm going to make this into like a, oh, we're going to do it as a fatal four-way. Back. We're going to do it as a current Fatal 4-Way, not back when they did uh, Elimination Fatal 4-Ways. So we're going to do it as a Fatal 4-Way. In this match, I am going to have... I'm going to have all the Invasion guys. Perry Saturn, Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to pull Perry Saturn out for, for Eddie Guerrero. And I want I want uh, Jericho in, even though he wasn't in on the Invasion angle. So I'm going to have Jericho, Benoit... Uh, Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko in a TLC match, and then once you have access to the ladder, finally somebody can win. Because if it's not down, the, it's 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 like war games. The clock hasn't even started yet. And then once it's down, somebody has to use that on their opponent and get them to either uh, pin either pin them or submit them. So it, you can you can have somebody in a submission. The chair can be down. You can have used it on the other two opponents, but you haven't used it on that one. Jericho has hit Malenko and Guerrero with it. Hasn't hit Benoit with it, so he's gonna he's got uh, Benoit in the walls of Jericho. Doesn't matter until he physically hits Benoit with it. It doesn't matter. Okay. It would be hard to keep track of, but it would be cool. So I that, mean, I can't knock them because they're your dream matches. Okay, so, but I want you to knock them because I know you, know you got something in your mind that's going on there. No, I just, like, for me, when I hear TLC match, I always think tags. I always think. So do uh, I. That's why I wanted to make it different. And so, so for me, but, uh, but no, I mean, like I said, I can't you're really... go with the TLC match and you need the multiple people and, and you're going to have tags. Isn't it automatically Edge and Christian, the Hardys, and Dudley Boys? Um, I mean, yeah, you you can I mean, definitely the, make an argue. I mean, that. the simple fact is Bleacher Report rates uh, TLC two from WrestleMania X seven uh, in two thousand one as the greatest tables, ladders, and chair match in history, and that of course was Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, and the Hardys. Um, yeah, that just makes sense to have as the. So. But I'm trying to create a different one because mm. I was told to. Yeah, so no, that's, that's can't do what they're told. I, I will also point out, though, that I have to uh, put a little bit of uh, skepticism into Bleacher Reports because their number two one is uh, Ryback and Team Hell No versus The Shield 
And I'm not trying to knock. I'm not trying to knock it, but I was never a Ryback fan, and I don't think anything uh, could ever get me to say that was better than, like, I don't know, TLC 1 um, or TLC 3 um, uh, or uh, pretty much any of them. So, uh, but anyways, no, like, I... I'm not going to knock any of the, the your choices because, like I said, they're dream choices in many ways. And, you know, that's my challenge for you. So um, uh, just uh, to to uh, uh, fill in, uh, Bleacher Report also ranks the Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys as the best tables match in uh, history. And that was the 2000 Royal Rumble tables match. Um, John Cena versus Sheamus is their number two. Uh, that was a good tables match. I have to give him that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I like tables better with big dudes. Well, then those those are above size guys. Yeah. Uh, number three, Jeff Hardy, Bubba Ray Dudley, and Spike Dudley versus Three Minute Warning and Rico. Why is that number three? I'm starting to doubt Bleach Report's ability to rank things. I don't know. Number four, CM Punk, Tommy Dreamer, Sandman versus Elijah Burke, Matt Stryker, and Marcus Corvon. Uh, it was... <laughs> Would have been better if some characters were relevant when that yeah. happened. Yeah, and I mean that was that was during WWE's ECW run, uh, so then bringing back ECW, and so uh, and the number five, Randy Orton versus John Cena. So I'm gonna point out Bleacher Report has two John Cena tables matches in their top five tables matches of all time. So. Um, and only one, well, no, I guess there was one other one, right? Uh, yeah, technically, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley appeared in two of the top five as well. Um, but, and then, uh, true to your, uh, thoughts, uh, for in terms of, uh, uh, the ladder matches, um, the, uh, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon is really high on their list, but it is not number one. Bleach Report actually has... Uh, the uh, first, um, the the lead up match to the first TLC uh, with Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys versus Dudley Boys in 2000 in the ladder match, the triangle. Uh, number two is uh, 2006 London and Kendrick versus Regal and Taylor versus um, the Hardy Boys versus Eminem from 2006 as their number two ladder match of all time. I have to fathom that Eminem would have been a good one, though. Yeah? I mean, they Mercury and Nitro were always good. Mm-hmm. And then Edge versus Jeff Hardy in 2009 for number four, and Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys in 99 as number five. So can't really fault too many of their ladder match. Yeah, they're not horrible on their ladder match decisions. Yeah. The, just everything else they say. But no, like I said, I mean, I don't have a problem with any of yours. And, uh, you know, uh, who am I to tell you what your dream matches should be? So um, so we will Is move there on. you have in mind? I'm curious. You know, to be perfectly honest, I hadn't really thought about my own picks. Um, and like you say, it's kind of cliche to say that a lot of them have already happened. But I, I don't know. For me, that first TLC match... Uh, Dudley's versus Hardy's versus. Well, second one gives you Edge spearing Jeff off the ladder. Ah, true. There's that. That's. I think that's why that one wins. Yeah, that one wins. For me, the first one might just win just from the fact that it was like it blew my teenage mind. You know what I mean? 
Ah, uh, like they could do this? What? This seems like it should be illegal. Yeah. This seems like it's attempted murder multiple <laughs> times. Anyway, so so uh yeah, I mean for that ladder matches, like you say, hard to top HBK versus Razor Ramon. Um I can't believe that was third on the list though. That was a little surprising there. Um but anyways, <laughs> guys talk about it because they're doing the first one it's interesting i've seen some uh vignettes not vignettes uh interviews about it and when they're talking as as we all now know that they're very very close friends when they talk about it they're like we didn't even think about what happens if that ladder gets broken there were no more ladders well yeah they didn't they didn't think they were gonna need multiple ladders uh I mean, you know, and this is something that for the younger fans out there who might not have uh, been watching at that time, you know, uh, right now during a, a tables match, ladders match, chairs matches, the arena is absolutely littered with uh, the the topic, right? So if it's a TLC match, you see a thousand tables and a thousand ladders and chairs all over the place. Um, and they're hanging from a build or from the top of the rafters. Yeah, I mean they're just not everywhere. Um, but in the time period of the first TLC match, they didn't do that. Ladder. The first ladder match, especially. But even the first TLC match, they they had a limited number of ladders out there. Did they really? Um, it it was it, for like the TLC match. It was still multiple, but it wasn't it like it wasn't TLC like there was in the ladder match. Yeah, but like TLC in a couple weeks. I guarantee you, when it comes time for the TLC match, they're going to walk out and there's going to be a dozen ladders of different sizes on the stage. There's going to be some on the ramp going towards the 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 uh, ring. And then there's still going to be a dozen under the ring and around the ring, you know? Uh, and it wasn't like that during the first one. There was maybe five or six under the ring. Anyway. I guess now that you say it, it does it does remind me a little bit. There, there wasn't nearly as much stuff then. That that really just recently kind of got to that level. Mm-hmm. And then of course, like we get spoiled by the the tables nowadays. Um, but tables back then were not nearly as uh, gimmicked as they are now. Uh, the tables now have the metal braces, like the the metal. Um, that goes around the outside of the table removed and replaced by just a couple slats of just regular board to give it a little stiffness, but still break. Um, and they have usually the edge banding removed uh, so that it doesn't cause problems and all that stuff. But God. during these matches, they were usually like basically more or less straight off the shelf table. Um, they may have removed a few screws on some of the metal bracing or whatever, but it was usually still there. And the edge banding was definitely still there. I remember a few times people getting caught up in that edge banding as they went down and getting some nasty looking abrasions on their necks and stuff. So so there you have it. Edge got banded. Yep. Edge got banded. You've been banded, Edge. Uh, anyways. I feel like on. picking a lot of fights with actual WWE superstars. Uh, not Man. picking fights. We just want... We just want a reaction. That's all we want. We just want one of them to say, those damn people at Raw and Order talking about me again. Yeah. Yeah. But we will move on to case number three. DFA, what you got?
I got so into that last one. Um, <laughs> all right. So we got TLC coming. We don't really have like a defined match. I want you to book. Are they doing the, this is still a crossover because they aren't back to branded pay-per-views yet. Um, yeah, the pay-per-view is going to be dual branded, but the matches the are triple branded. Uh, as far as I know, just dual branded. As far as I know, they're moving back to NXT, at least for the time being, is going to still have separate pay-per-view uh, takeovers. In fact, they're going to move the takeovers to Sundays instead of Saturdays. Uh, probably, I think we talked about this on on one of them, one of our recent episodes that uh, probably a little bit to uh, avoid uh, AEW a bit and and a little bit just to kind of stake their claim on Sundays some more. So, but um, but so because they're on Sundays, the takeovers will no will no longer be the same weekend as any of the major, uh, which will be. But so as far as TLC is concerned, it will be both a Raw and a SmackDown pay per view, but. All reports state that uh, the matches themselves will be either Raw or SmackDown. There will not be crossovers in matches. Okay, so we have, that means we are talking about eight singles titles. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want you to book the type of match. I don't want you to book through the members in it because there's, there's really not very good storyline having been told recently. I think we all know that Seth Rollins and KO are going to be in some type of match. Probably not for a title. I think we all know that Brock's probably not even going to be there with a title. So um, you can use Seth Rollins as, as the, well, if Brock's there type thing um, for the four, two, three, four. Oh, I got to give you five. So ten matches. How do individual matches play out? And this, the, I'm allowing you to kick out the women's tag. Yeah. Well, five titles on each on each line. Holy cow! Okay, go on. Well, I mean, the first thing, like you say, uh, Brock well, which ones is... aren't even there. Which which ones aren't even there? You can just say yeah. uh, WWE title doesn't get defended. All reports have it that as of right now, Brock Lesnar is not scheduled to make another appearance until lead up to the Royal Rumble. Yep. So so right there, um, in reality, Brock Lesnar probably won't be at TLC one way or another. Um, which is fine by me um, in many ways. Like, you and I have talked about it before. I don't like Brock Lesnar as the absentee title holder. I much prefer it when he's the title holder that's there. I, like, I don't have a problem with Brock Lesnar holding the title he is legitimately like uh entertaining to watch when he's throwing people around but that's the problem is when he's not there he's not throwing people around and so so uh but at the same point uh you mentioning how many titles there are uh points out how having all of the titles on a pay-per-view really uh it's really, difficult. Really, yeah. It really uh, stacks it too much, right? So, so we're gonna start off with Brock Lesnar. Um, as of right now, it's it's almost definitely gonna be the Fiend versus uh, uh, Daniel Bryan again um, in some I'm sort of thing. in some sort of a uh, I. I don't know, like... Again, I don't care who the Fiend fights, but I want to know what type of match he thinks it's going to be. Yeah, well, and the thing is, like, 
I, I, we just know it's going to be Daniel Bryan. So, um, yeah. and in that case, God, the tough thing with that is, is I don't think, I don't think we want to see. I think, I think it has to be set up in a match that you can trick yourself into believing that Daniel Bryan could squeak out a win, right? So, uh, chairs match, I, I don't think it goes in that one way or not. Um, tables match, maybe, because you can have that those tables by the side of the ring, and you know all it takes is Daniel Bryan getting one lucky move and, and hitting uh, the Fiend through a table to win, right? True. But I think I think that's really the way to go, because like a full TLC match, it, it, to me, just the thought of the Fiend having to climb a ladder to get to his belt, I don't like that. To me, that takes me out of the fiend a bit. So I think I think just a tables match for them. That's that's my story, and I'm gonna stick to it. Uh, Raw Women's Championship. Becky Lynch. That one's tough. I have no idea who her opponent is going to be because she has not appeared on WWE TV for I think three weeks now. Well, I can't really. I mean, can't really have her with the last couple of angles because then. And Seth has to say, you failed us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine, see you at home, babe. Bye, bye sweetie failure. Yeah. So, so but yes, she apparently wrestled quickly. in a dark match on Raw, uh, but, but she hasn't been on TV, so that's just tough. Um, so I don't know who she'd face. Um, but like you say, it doesn't really matter who she'd face on that. Um, I think that one could be a full-on TLC match. Uh, you know, as long as they put someone competent in there, it could be a fun, you know, spot fest sort of a thing. God, but I just don't think there's enough people in it for it. So I think that one, we just do the chairs match. Keep that one. Um, and that's which one again? Uh, Becky Lynch. Okay. Versus... It, it makes something. sense with Becky. It's, it's actually kind of her personality. That's what I think. Just a chairs match works best. Uh, for for this sort of situation with her, um, women's uh, SmackDown Championship, Bailey. Uh, I don't know who her opponent would be. They've been kind of teasing lots of people on it. Um, I think that could also be a tables match, uh, if only because a Bailey to belly through a table could be a good okay. finisher. For, um, we put the uh, women's tag championships. I think that has to be a TLC match. Um, and so you put the Kabuki Warriors versus two other. Um, in fact, this is th- this is about the only one that could be cross branded, if only because the nature of the women's tag. Uh, yeah, that is defended everywhere. Could be defended everywhere. So, uh, so I think that one. Uh, I'd probably put that one as the first full TLC match. Um, which I'll have to check. I don't know if they've had a. Have they had a full women's TLC match yet? I don't think so. I know so that they've had women's ladders, and I know that they have... Women's ladder matches, they've had women's hell in a cell. Women's hell in a cell. Two oh, of those. So, so this would allow them to uh, bring out Stephanie McMahon and tout how the first ever <laughs> women's TLC match. Um, because she started the women's revolution. Duh. Yeah. She invented women. You knew that, right? <laughs> Uh, but before mm. Stephanie McMahon, there were only divas. Oh. Um, uh, WWE Raw tag champions, Viking Raiders. Um, That's a tables match. Matt, 
That, yeah, just begs to be a table. I was just debating on whether that could be a TLC match, but I think the the other TLC match is going to be the WWE SmackDown Tag Champion, which is the New Day, Kofi Kingston, and Big E, because uh, Xavier Woods is injured. Um, so yeah, so we start off Raw Tag Champions in a tables match versus, I don't know, whoever. Um, but I, I do think the uh, the Viking experience uh, finisher through a table makes a lot of sense. I sincerely thought you were talking about their name still. No. That's how long, well, that, how long we've been making jokes about their war Viking Raider experience. Machine. Um, but no, I mean that's because that's that's part of the confusion is because they uh, took away the Viking experience name from them, but then they said, "Ah, oh, let's just give it to your finisher." And so, uh, but it's you know a pop up power slam through a table sounds good. Uh, and then, like I said, uh, SmackDown tag champions and a full on TLC match versus i don't know some other people i don't know what all smackdown uh tag teams could really i mean i guess the revival but oh come on you got you got rudolph are they on smackdown now because they were on raw oh were they okay yeah they were the tag champions that the viking raiders okay then they're the ones who are going to get squashed by the viking raiders very likely i mean but they don't do rematches right go 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 <laughs> yeah, a B team's now on SmackDown, so they could be one of the teams that gets uh, demolished in the SmackDown TLC match, I guess. That's maybe a good way to do that. Uh, IC champion Shinsuke Nakamura versus, yeah, I don't know who, who cares. Sami Zayn's back from injury and turns his back on him. Maybe. Doesn't really matter who. Uh, what, what type of match do you, do you put? I mean, I feel like the IC championship, well doesn't matter my opinion it's your book you know i as much as as we talk about tlc matches and ladder matches and tables matches and chairs matches um there almost has to be some of them that aren't any of those matches you know they're just a regular match that's and i'm just Shinsuke. well the, the only like match i haven't really went after too much is a ladder match just a straight up ladder match uh but I'm kind of saving that for the U.S. championship because Rey Mysterio versus AJ Styles in a ladder match. Throw another person in there. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, sign me up for that. Um, and so I almost feel like Shinsuke. I mean, Shinsuke, when he's in it, um, which, frankly, he's kind of phoned in some matches recently, so who knows. But when he's invested in a match and goes, he doesn't need gimmicks uh to, to just absolutely look vicious. So no. I almost feel like the IC belt would be the one non TLC themed match. And then, like I say, ladder match, uh, Rey Mysterio versus uh, AJ Styles and someone else. I don't know, throw Humberto Carrillo in it. Think he's experienced enough to, to take a ladder match? I don't know. Rick Maybe. can help him out. Yeah. I'm sorry, Ricochet. I've I shortened his name early. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to happen. No, you know, I don't think it's going to happen because I think, I don't think it fan loves that little pew sound. <laughs> getting too much. He's like, that's good S-word. I wonder if I wonder if McMahon really talks like that. That's really good S-word right there. I don't know. Can you, yeah. can you just say that? I think that's basically, basically how I would go for all those. Now, I didn't book a cruiserweight match because I'm still a little... Because they call it now the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. 
uh, which to me implies that it will no longer be the the kickoff show kickoff match anymore like they used to do. But I don't know. But yeah, I mean, then again, you know, make those cruiserweights feel like they're important before you uh, cancel the show. <laughs> well, I mean, and I, we joke about that, but twice out of the last month, they've just like Friday morning announced that the 205 Live show wasn't going to happen that night um, for different reasons each time. But it's like, you know, if you were a cruiserweight on 205 Live and you were you know, all ready to do your 205 Live match later that night, you know, after the taping of SmackDown got done, go out and do a 205 Live, and then you show up at the arena, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to do 205 Live tonight. I'd be pretty... Well, more important than that, I mean, imagine you're contending for a title that never holds a main card. So never, ever will you get paid residuals on that title, uh, on that on that match. Or will you appear and- on a DVD? Yeah, so that says a little something, something for that. Exactly. So that one was not my strongest challenge to you. I thought that was going to sound a lot cooler than it was. And and uh, I feel like I should have gone with my same challenge I, we talked about the other day. But truth be told, I can't remember what it was. So. Yeah. You know, they say memory is the second thing to go. What's the first? I don't remember. Uh... But I'm Ching. Comedic timing doesn't go, though. What's that? I said comedic timing doesn't. Thanks for ruining my joke. We will move on okay. to case number four. Ah. <laughs> uh. So, keeping with my theme of upcoming pay-per-views, uh, TLC in two weeks, but Royal Rumble then follows in just under two months. So, uh, the biggest... Royal Rumble. What? I'm not going to make you do the whole Royal Rumble or anything. Uh, that'd be silly. I want you instead to book your picks for five surprise entrants in either the men's or women's matches, or some from both, mix and match. Define surprise. Uh... They they can be pretty much anyone who is not currently uh, wrestling. So it could be returns. It could be uh, or celebrities or previous uh, wrestlers, Hall of Famers making an appearance. Um, it could be new signees that uh, we either haven't heard about or have heard about and haven't seen yet. But okay. just a five... Five surprises, five moments where we go, huh. Uh, and I will point out, they could even be call-ups, although I just don't see that happening as much uh, anymore. Well, uh, I think they're going to co-brand that one, I would guess. Possibly, but but because, like, I don't know if you saw the news, but Tommaso Ciampa in an interview said he's not going to go to SmackDown or Raw, period. He's told them that he's going to stay in NXT, you know? Um, and so I think something for your feeling about your product, doesn't it? Yeah, well, and that, that's you know, I think I think we've kind of reached that tipping point where because NXT is now on nationwide TV, on cable TV, um, the people who are there are going to be way more likely to say, "I don't want to go up to the main roster. I want to stay here." So I don't think we're going to see as many call-ups, although we may see surprise appearances by. 
You know what I mean? Like, for instance, Candice LeRae appeared last year in the Royal Rumble, but it wasn't a call-up. She then the no, next. She was just part of it, and that's you're more likely to see that with women than you are with the men, because mm-hmm. um, they need that on the roster. So I'm going to kick off with two surprises, um, and I'm going to pretend that active roster um, United States NXT is not considered a a surprise. And there's a very specific reason I do that because otherwise I'd be throwing in Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler and uh, I mean uh, all sorts of stuff from NXT. So I, I'm going to give you my predictions and I'm going to give you what I would want instead. Is it okay. can I do too? So my predictions are Tony Storm. Uh, yes, please. Yeah, yeah. Sign me up. Absolutely. Um, Ronda Rousey's return. Crickets. Okay. Just crickets. Yeah. <laughs> Did you expect me to be all? Putin and hollering nope. for Ronda's return. Yeah. Nope, that's why I, I. But I wanted to let the crickets play. <laughs> um, for uh, uh, men, I I just can't help but think maybe CM Punk. Okay. I think I think okay. I'm predicting a CM Punk show up. Um, I'm also kind of predicting CM Punk to not win it. Like I, I don't think he wants to wants to do it. Um, but every single interview he does now is never say never. And he yeah. spent six years saying never. Yeah. I mean, I see where you're coming from. I still, I just think he, he, I guarantee you, he had, uh, an offer from actual WWE to come back. Um, and he chose to sign with Fox instead. Uh, and no, I know for I, a I mean, fact, I see this being a legends type thing where he gets paid big bucks to just show up. But my point is, I bet you he had enough leverage. I bet you he could have got that, but instead he chose to sign with with Fox. And even more than that, he had a huge money deal offer from AEW that he turned down. I think um, he just wanted to say. I, I think he wanted to have have the ability to say what he wanted to say because you could tell on that show there's a whole bunch of people who are not allowed to say their their thoughts. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. um, that's that's a prediction. Um, prediction number four is John Morrison, who, interestingly enough, the WWE actually announced their contract signing with him finally. Um, special thanks to Justin LeBlanc of uh, Real Talk Radio 8, realtalkradio.ca, is that right? Correct. Okay. Um, for throwing that in while we were podcasting, both of us got that message tonight. Um, so I think uh, Morrison, and then if I had to throw in another surprise, um, I don't think there's going to be a, a surprise signing or... I mean, if you want to, I, I know that they're going to try and bring Rhea, Rep, Rhea Ripley up. And I know that's why I think it's going to be co-branded. I think that's actually how she gets her shot at Shayna is there. So that's why I think that. So, but I don't know, a return. You can't really call Sheamus a return anymore because they did that. Um, I just can't think of a return that, that's been out for a while. Cena's going to be there. He'll be a surprise. Really? You know? Yeah. Well, Cena always does something with these. Yeah. Likes to play like The Rock did. So that's the, yeah. the those are the predictions. Yes. Uh, so now let's get. Or to should the... I say spoilers? All right. So my fantasy, Tony Storm. 
Tony Storm is definitely going to be there. Um, I'm so excited for Royal Rumble this year because I think not only will Tony Storm be there, I think Tony Storm could potentially win the Royal, the women's Royal Rumble. That's how down I am with this. They would not have gotten her a little bit of spot time at at uh, uh, War Games unless was it War Games? No, at Survivor Series. At Survivor Series, unless there was a move coming for her, and I am jacked for it. Um, I'm frankly surprised it's taken this long. She is phenomenally good in the ring, and oh. she she has the look that uh, VKM it's, loves. Yep. And yep. Uh, the next one would be I. You got to put I me personally in terms of of an excitement return, and I'm just gonna get both the women out of the way right now. Danielle Dashwood. God, what I wouldn't give. I know it's not happening, but how amazing would that be? Um, for men, I want to see, I, I wanted to see back in a, first and foremost, back in a WWE ring. Because his personality, his persona, his character fits WWE better than AEW. And I'm so glad it happened. John Morrison. Um, this means we're going to get a Kofi doesn't get let his feet touch and John Morrison doesn't let his feet touch I would love to see those two fighting each other in handstand mode trying to get the other one to be knocked down that's what I want okay. like, literally that's perfect um, if we're going to add another dude to that another guy another perfect setup with that um, I want to see Will Ospreay I want to see Will Ospreay in a Royal Rumble it just makes so much sense it's so much fun um, ooh there's there's one more surprise entrant I, I think maybe, uh, and I don't want to see this one, just so you know, uh, but mild prediction, um, young Mysterio. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Dominic. Dominic. I think Dominic could make his, his, uh, his uh, yeah. I think First Vegas odds would be probably pretty, pretty high on that. that happening. Yeah. I mean, he's going to make an in, in-ring debut at some time and putting it in the middle of a Royal Rumble is a great like foot in the door yeah. but not a ton of pressure sort of thing yeah yeah hey we've already seen that you can go over a top rope because brock tossed you around over one mm-hmm. so this is what you have to do <laughs> go in there um, hit a couple of people with some of your moves maybe eliminate one or two people and then get eliminated and you're good have it be just you and your dad in the ring for two minutes and your dad gets out on his own over the top rope to help you win mm-hmm. even though you're not going to win it no so, no. Um, theoretically, I could say The Miz is making his in-ring return because he hasn't wrestled since he wrestled Adam Cole, baby. So, yeah. um, but that's that's neither here nor there. So, I said Osprey. I said... Um, Morrison. Morrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the two gals, Tennille Dashwood and Tony Storm. Uh, I have to give you five, so i got to get another dude in there. Oh, no. Yeah, never mind. Go ahead. What? I thought I thought I remembered you saying another one, but then I remembered it was in your predictions. So never mind. Yeah, that was a prediction. Yeah, I was throwing Dominic up in the predictions. He's not a dream one. <laughs> um, I want to return. Um, as much as I'd like to see him put, see CM Punk return to the ring, and it would be a lot of fun. I think the return I want is I want the pop of either Stone Cold or The Rock to return. Like we know The Rock's in the shape to do it. Uh, we know Stone Cold would would create a pop and could eliminate two, three people. He's also won more, uh, with the exception of Roman Reigns, sorry, who just passed him up. 
Um, he's won more Royal Rumbles than anybody else. Um, how many Romans won? They might be tied actually right now. Um, I think it's three and three for each of those guys. Um, but yeah, I think I'd like to see a pop from. I, I really want to see the pop from Stone Cold. Like, can he take enough of a bump to go out over the top rope safely? And I think he can. So that's sure. what I'm going to go with. Is Stone Cold. Okay. And I'm not. I'm not a Stone Cold fan, but that that audience pop would be through the roof. Interesting. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, good choices. Not going to poop on any of them. Okada would be like first on. Oh yeah. This, but that's never happening. Uh, no, it's not. He got burned by an American company too bad. He's, I think he's a New Japan lifer now. Yeah. Um, yeah but I mean, that would be pretty cool to see him show up for a one. That I wish they, I wish they'd learn some things from AEW in the concept of doing some one-offs and stuff like that with no names that are big names in wrestling. Just not. Oh no, never mind. Yeah, no, I did say Will Osprey as one of my. Yeah. I want to mm-hmm. see. Okay. Yeah, Will Ospreay is an interesting choice. Just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand 100% why you would want him there. Um, I, you know, there's the joy of this being fantasy booking because um, I just, I don't see it actually ever happening. Uh, Especially as long as his uh, girlfriend, uh, live-in girlfriend, I should mention, is uh, wrestling for AEW. Um, no, I just don't see it happening. I mean, no. if, if it was going to happen, it would have happened ages ago. But ages ago. But no, I totally see why you would want that. Um, you know, I I'm 100% in on Tony Storm. Um, I I would love to see her. I'd love to see her come over to NXT full time. Uh, you know, I just, like I said before, I just can't help but think that there's something in her contract with NXT UK that makes her more comfortable staying there, um, rather than come over here. Because I, I cannot fathom that she hasn't been offered the opportunity to come over here full time. Uh, she is too good to have not been offered that opportunity. Uh, especially if they brought Rhea Ripley over, who I'm not trying to take anything away from Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley's phenomenal. Um, but I I just I fully see uh in the hierarchy of, of WWE that uh Tony Storm gets the call first and she says no, then Rhea gets the call and says yes, you know? I hear you. But uh I don't know if you're ta- you know, for me if you're talking a uh a, a return, a veteran return and and getting a huge pop, uh the rumored potential return uh, is Edge and the pop that Edge would get when he comes it, out. It would. I. Both situations are talking about spinal stenosis. Uh, both situations are talking about spinal stenosis more than five years worth of recovery, which is the amount of time that HBK needed before he could do a second run in WWE. And he got, what, six years out of that second run? Mm-hmm. Five, six that. years. Um... I mean, obviously got more than that, but legit main roster, week in, week out performing. I So I suppose both could be healed enough to do the return. Edge's was bad. Like, HBK's was bad. Hey, you need to lose this match to Stone Cold. We're choosing Stone Cold. Thank heaven Stone Cold's over enough to be able to one that beats you because, um, quite frankly, his finisher is the safest to beat you with 
um, you know, all of that happened. Um, Edges was, hey, you just beat Alberto Del Rio. Now I need you to relinquish your title. Yeah, I mean, and that's it. I I agree with you on all of that. Um, but the other side of the coin is, um, Edge is the one of the two that uh, all reports 50? say. Well, and all reports say has been cleared by WWE doctors to return. Whereas Stone Cold has said he could return, but all reports say that he has not been cleared by WWE doctors. Oh, I, I mean, I just think that, and I, I agree with you. I mean, what an awesome pop he'd get, especially if he had Edge and CM Punk in the same Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. It would be huge. Um, the only type of pop that would would beat that is is really I don't even think a Rock return would do that. I think the only type of pop that beats that is is uh, Stone Cold. I think he's the only wrestler on the planet right now that would pop enough because he retired during his prime. You know, and, and so did Edge. I don't, I don't think Edge was ever as over as Stone Cold. Uh, no, I I would agree on that. I'm just talking from a logistical standpoint, you know, from my my understanding of uh, current events uh, suggests that Edge is more likely than Stone Cold. But once again, this is your fantasy booking, not not uh, logistical uh, reality booking. Well, my I mean, my fantasy booking would be Broad Panties Royal Rumble. Well, we're not talking that sort of face. <laughs> and... Me and Jerry Lawler would just sit around and provide really bad. Commentary. Oh my God, puppies! It's puppies! <laughs> and then he would try to marry one of the uh, women wrestlers, and, and get pushed. maybe even successfully marry her, and then she divorced him. And anyways, ah, oh, <laughs> Jerry Lawler. Okay. Well, with that being said, we will move on to our final segment. Uh, it's relatively new. FBI, nullify, vilify, or deify. It's our shameless copy of Fire Push Barry. The rules are simple. You must nullify someone out of wrestling entirely, vilify one to the bottom of the card, and deify one just like Hulk Hogan in the 90s. DA Fabe, I'm going to go nice on you this week. Remember Thank that. Thank you. I'm being nice. Okay. Your choices are because I think this is going to be really easy for you. Your choices are Bobby Lashley, Rusev, and Lana. Yep, yep, I am. This is this is easy. Holy cow. Um, Rusev, congratulations on being back to Rusev Day. You are being deified, buddy. Um, you are the only thing that makes this entire storyline worth watching. So I'm, gonna, I'm still going to deify you. Um, speaking of which, what was that? Cops don't have to arrest people who violate. Well, things were different in Tennessee. Were they in Tennessee? Tennessee, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Things were different here in Tennessee. That was about as insult. I mean, I get that you have a conservative, that that Vince truly believes his audience is conservative redneck, but my lord, come on, man. (laughs) No, it made no sense. And, And even more than that, what made no sense is, and I think, uh, Justin, uh, talked about it. I think he did a live stream last night. Uh, review Raw. Like two days before Raw hit, a uh, Reddit user posted uh, what he called a spoiler for Raw coming up in two days. And he said, what would happen? Would Lana would have a restraining order against Rusev. Rusev would show up and attack Lashley. Um, in the in the process 
Uh, Lashley would somehow or another get bumped into uh, a policeman. Uh, the policeman would say some sort of line that would get him cheap pop and then arrest. And then that Lana would, would slap the police officer and then Lana would get arrested. And to be pretty honest, that Reddit user down the line was darn near 100% yeah. accurate with his. I mean, that's like 97%. Uh, that's, that's a very passing grade in most environments. And, and, uh, the fact that this Reddit user, um, was able to have seen the script and the fact that that script stayed that much act for two whole is kind of a miracle in and of itself. Um, no joke. that, that once it leaked, someone from WWE didn't change it. Uh, that Vince didn't come in Monday afternoon and rip up the the, the script and change it. So yeah, well, it's because it's all being written by Vince slash Paul. Anyway, um, I I would nullify out of wrestling Lana. Lana's not a wrestler, anyways. And now they have a man, and they've always had her in a manager role. Um, but that manager role gets progressively worse as time goes on, and we just don't we don't need her. And I'll vilify Bobby Lashley because he's already a heel. Um, maybe he'll be a good enough heel and he'll just be at the bottom of the card. Okay. Yeah. More so. or less the way I expected. My only, like, debate on it was whether... I knew you were gonna gonna nullify Lana out. That just... just but you and I have both seen how good Lashley can be when given the right sure. storyline. And so there but, was part of me that was like, is he gonna... DFI Lashley or Rusev? Smart money was on Rusev. Not, but. Yeah, we're two years into not having good storylines for, for Lashley or a year and a half or whatever it's been since he's been back. It's bad. It is. For someone who so. is absolutely so dominant in a very well-written storyline in Impact Wrestling to come in and just be so bad. We just do we could just do Black Goldberg and it'd be better than what he's been. Yeah, have him come so. in, squash some people, deliver his whatever his finisher is, and then walk Dominator. out. Yeah. And and here's the other thing. You still haven't done a Lashley versus Lesnar match. Both yeah. of them are collegiate that, champions. That almost writes itself. For MMA with really, really good records. You know, I, I mean, yeah. The whole thing, how have you not done that? That's what I thought they were going to do with him when he came in. I thought it was going to be one series with somebody. And I didn't know who, but one series with somebody. And then straight on to straight on to Brock. Yep. And more importantly, I thought that was how they could retire Brock and have Heyman still have a person to manage. I thought this, this, is, this is Big Show versus Brock circa 2000 three or 2004 or 2002 or whatever it is all over again and um nope nope they're nope. not gonna do that nope 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 why do that nope nope, nope. bad idea we're, not gonna, nope. we're gonna put him in the mid card vortex of of, doom. of death so um man i wish i had one so easy to do for you <laughs> all right nullify vilify deify big dog junkyard dog and oh, I thought there I had another dog name. Big dog, junkyard dog. Please say it's and, the dog face gremlin. Sure, we'll give it to you. Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you Rick Steiner. Oh, so big okay. dog, junkyard dog, dog face gremlin. Well, this one isn't too bad for me. Um, and some people are gonna say it's blasphemous of me 
but I was never a junkyard dog fan. He just he was there. Okay. Nah. So he gets nullified, uh, which is fine because he's out of wrestling now, anyways. But well, okay. I, I would even I would even go back in time to deny him. You uh, you would say you would say in his prime you'd still nullified him. Yeah, yeah. I just he didn't do anything whatsoever. Okay. So so he gets nullified. It's a little tougher on the vilifier DFI. Um, well, here's the thing. I mean, we've already said this before. There's a reason people don't like Roman, and it's because they're he's being crammed down people's throats. There's a reason people do like Roman. It's because he's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when when he's not being shoved down the throats of us, uh, you can see that he's pretty good. I also think the people that that don't like Roman Reigns typically are, and and I'll I'll use the phrase smart marks. Um, and usually older people. And I, I don't mean like 50 or 60, but I mean like upper 30s typically. Um, you know, those are the people who don't like, who are very vocal about not liking Roman Reigns. And I think so, like you said, so much of it's because they felt like Roman was just being pushed down their throat. Yeah. Uh, but if you are at an event, and more specifically at an event where you look around and you see a lot of 14 year olds, 15 year olds, 18 year olds early 20s seriously he seriously gets pop like cena before yeah and that dirt on double heat dirt on yeah it's the crowd just erupts and and you look around and if anyone is booing it's some 40 some year old man um but uh they're outweighed by every single person under the age of 28 that's just popped for him you know yeah so, um, but that being said, uh, I'm also still at my heart of heart, an old school WCW fan. And that's why the vilify and DFI is so tough for me because the dog face gremlin, uh, holds a soft spot in my heart in many, many ways. Oh, I'd much rather see the end than big Papa pump. What happened later with his brother? Yeah. I don't know. I was also a big Papa pump fan, but, but like, Anytime you see one of the crazy Scott Steiner promos, even like the math promo, right? Uh, which which sixty percent of twenty percent means that you are ninety-seven percent. But uh, you you get to the end of that, and it's it's just so good, so bad it's good. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't start that. That started with Rick Steiner. Some Ooh. of Rick Steiner's promos from like the early to mid nineties, pre NWO, um, were just absolute gold because they just, they almost made no sense. Uh, but that's part of why they were so good. So I think in this case, nothing against the big dog, but I think oh. Roman Reigns gets vilified and Dogface gremlin gets deified. It was hard, but it was, it was understandable either way you went there. Yeah, I so, think that's the way I have. Speaking of Scott Steiner, um, just a little side note because we don't really have, I mean, other than the existence of Raw last night, uh, we don't really have uh, a, a misdemeanor setup. I, I, I just don't, I, I really don't want to talk about it. We've talked about this already a little bit. I don't want to talk about Raw. Um, it just wasn't good. <laughs> so, um, so we have a little, little quick segment before we sign off. Is there a particular feud that just makes you go, that was a great feud with Scott Steiner? Because there is for me. Oh, geez. Well, you know, I don't know. The back and forth with Buff Bagwell, uh, in my opinion, was actually pretty darn good. 
Uh, Buff Bagwell gets a lot of crap over the years, and some of it's deserved. Uh, he wasn't the best in-ring worker, but during that feud with Buff Bagwell, uh, there were times when you legitimately got on Buff's side, and then in the end, he turned on you uh, to to be on on Scott Steiner's side. So yeah. it it might be that for me. God, I'm just trying to think if there's another one that I don't know, man. I put I hands down, and it's because of his. It, it's because of Scott Steiner's ability to take a promo and have fun with it uh, and still maintain that seriousness um, along with this person's ability to deliver a fun promo um, without it having to be the only person I think that delivered in WCW promos as well as this guy is that that isn't just oh Ric Flair or Sting or you know a huge name DDP uh, ended up being a huge name, delivers promos as well as this guy. Um, it's not somebody that everybody talks about for delivering promos. Ernest the Cat Miller's uh, feud with Steiner was like six months long, and it was unbelievably good. And I mean unbelievably good. Um, it didn't make sense because really Ernest Miller was not going to be a world champion level wrestler, and Scott Steiner obviously was. But hearing him deliver lines like "Big Papa Dump" and <laughs> all that stuff, that it just made the whole segment so good. And this is circa what 99, 98, 99, maybe even early 2000. I think okay. mostly 98, 99. So yeah, yeah, that's, no, that's the one that stands out for me. And I maybe you don't remember that few. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember it too much, but. Um... But no, I mean, I, I can't, I can't knock it. Like that was, that was the heyday of Big Papa. Is right towards the end of the '90s. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people's memories of him start in the in like the early 2000s during his short run in uh, WWE and then his Impact or TNA run, uh, which I I know had some memorable stuff. But but for me, his his late 90s WCW run was probably the best. Oh. I mean, the simple fact, my one of my favorite bits in the ring of all time um, was done by him. And it's the, I uh, hit the guy with the big move, cover him, one, two, and then nope, and go over and do some push-ups. Uh, <laughs> that's my, like my favorite bit of all time, I think. Uh, I would just say the only good feud that he had in WWE was against Test. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. I got so burnt out, and, and still, I mean, it happened all the way through Sting. I got so burnt out on Triple H having to be the feud with the new guy, mm -hmm. all the time. And so, but Steiner's Steiner's with Test was actually pretty decent in WWE, but um, I didn't really enjoy the Triple H one. It's just that. It, uh, so, anyway, I just was curious. Before we get to the outros and everything, a little programming note for next week. We're uh, we're going to have to talk a little bit off air and try to figure out when we can get together to do predictions for uh, TLC. Um, because with our new recording schedule, uh, we're recording uh, Sunday night, which is way too early for predictions. And then we record again Tuesday night which still might be too early for predictions because unless WWE does some like 
magic on the next uh, three days. Um, I don't know if there's a single match announced yet officially for TLC. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so I'm sure they will announce one or two on SmackDown, and I guess maybe announce one or two on Raw next Monday. But uh, that means Tuesday night when we're doing the FBI, we might have three or four of the matches for TLC announced. And that's that's not quite enough to really do a prediction show. Um, so we might have to do a special episode at some point next week where we do a prediction for TLC. Uh, but we'll have to get that figured out off air. So, so yeah. this is more just a tease uh, to our listeners. At some point next week, there will be a prediction show. So, yeah, probably um, after Friday. <laughs> yes, probably. Probably before Sunday at 5, yeah. hopefully. Yeah, I mean, probably, uh, frankly, probably the most logical time would be Friday night after SmackDown gets done. Because uh, at that point, we'll have most card done. But we'll, well see. If we'll that... have everything that's published. Yeah. Uh, but if it's anything like uh, Extreme Rules they'll announce five matches the day of because they'll realize they only have four matches announced. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, on that note, we will probably close the book on this visit from the FBI. Um, as always. As always. As always. As always. As always. I invite everyone <laughs> out there to like, share, subscribe, follow us on the Twitters. Uh, I am at Raw and Order WBU. You can always find uh, DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. Um, you can find our podcast on pretty much any podcast listening platform. Um, and I'm sure you already know that because if you're listening to our podcast, you're on some sort of platform. But you found it there. And you found it there. But those platforms often have some sort of way for you to like or review the podcast. Um, which is a great way to help get us into more ears. Um, and I've said before, even if you don't use iTunes, uh, even if you're a Spotify or a Stitcher or a Podbean user, um, uh, there's a good chance you have an iTunes account. Hop onto iTunes, uh, go to the podcast for this, and give us five stars, uh, just like you were writing for the Wrestling Observer report and uh you know that helps us more than i think anyone realizes there um we also uh have a facebook that you can find us at ron order wbu uh so you can like us there uh you can subscribe to us on youtube just search for ron order wbu uh we post sort of video versions of these podcasts up there uh so if that's your cup of tea you can do there um, and then we always point you to anchor.fm slash rawdorderwbu. That is our hosting platform. And on that, you can leave us voice messages, uh, interact directly with us that way, or you can click that little support button. It's a lot like Patreon, helps us out more than you could possibly know and helps us get better equipment. And uh, it makes it easier for us to prioritize a little bit of time to record this. Um, so we'd appreciate if you do that. But as of now, I think we're going to close the book on uh, this visit from the FBI. Case closed.